0: What is
1: going on, folks? This is Rob from the Striking Gold Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I wanted to come at you guys today to talk to you about one of our sponsors, betonline.ag. Now, everybody knows this month, March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to betonline.ag and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 bracket madness contest starting on March 15th. That's right, 100 grand, March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get on the action and with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and the XFL are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner BetOnline Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for one, a free account, and make sure to use that promo code, Blue Wire, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. So, whatever you put in at sign up, they're going to up that 50%. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook enterprises.
0: Blue Wire. New England sending in QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in! Touchdown
1: 49ers! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Welcome folks. It's another episode of Striking Goal. As always, I am your host, Rob Lauder, I cover the 49ers for NinersNation.com, and joining me tonight is my number one stunner, my co-host, partner in crime, Eric Crocker. What's going on, bud? How you feeling, man?
2: Oh, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, bro. I'm good. I, I mean, just sitting here, chilling, <laughs> did, some, did, did some streaming today. I mean, if you don't know, I do that whole thing too. I did that. And that's always fun. It's just so random, and and you know, no one really expects somebody to be streaming video games. I don't know. It it all just feels so random right now. So right. Um, but it's fun, dude. I was I was doing that for three hours. I had to keep you waiting because I I had what I it's what's called like rated. Like we're somebody else who's streaming that's got like let's say, fifteen viewers, and they send all those viewers to your stream. So I'm sitting there playing. I don't know, five, six, seven viewers, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like 10 people show up, and you're like, oh dang, I gotta get my game face on, I gotta start playing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to actually keep Crocker waiting for a little bit because I was like, dude, I got a lot of people in here. Hold on. <laughs> so that's my bad. But you have, to out your, this, uh, it,
2: you have to tweet out your setup at some point, man. You have a nice little setup going on. I know, it's cool.
1: It's cool. I do, I, and I have that in my I have a an LT Simple Jack Twitter account, like that's just for the game. And I've kind of tried to keep that separate from the uh the big boy 49er account, but maybe I'll have to let it leak out every now and then.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Um, but yeah, so that's random. I know we're not, we haven't even talked about the 49ers yet. And we're already a few minutes in. So that's my bad. Yeah. This is, this well, is my no, fault. but
2: that's, seriously, you should, you should do it because, uh, I, I know I've streamed a couple of games, like just me playing Madden, like against my brother and stuff. And I've had like 20, 25 viewers, 30 viewers. That's a lot,
1: bro. That's a lot. Yeah.
2: From, from you know just followers watching so you never know they might be interested in that and maybe like you know kind of subscribe to your uh your Twitch channel.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna do any do too much self promoting, but anyways. Just just come find me on Twitter and, and if you uh if you at me about it I'll I'll tell y'all about it. But <laughs> Alright, so Forty ers Land is for the most part pretty boring right now. There's not a whole lot going on. The combine's just finishing up which is always interesting. Um, But right now, kind of like one of the prevailing storylines. And I like pause. I'm not actually pausing because I don't know what to say. It's just Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I mean, I guess the most recent thing we've seen was that video of him sitting courtside with uh, Julian Edelman. And he looks like Julian Edelman. You can even hear Julian Edelman say it. He said he's coming back. He's coming back. And you could tell by the way he's saying it, he doesn't know. Like he's trying to like coax Tom Brady and you know make him feel guilty for the camera. And then it looks like Tom Brady kind of just laughs and looks around and, and he just kind of says, he's not. <laughs> like you know, like he just looks like I don't know, but maybe that's reading it a bit too in it. But the big the big thing to, to notice to talk about here is the 49ers are like relatively high up there or considered relatively high up there for, like, the list of possible Tom Brady suitors, which, dude, Crocker, you go first. What, what are your thoughts, bro? Because I don't know, man. What, what do you What do you think?
2: Well, originally the 49ers weren't in the mix, and I, I don't know how much they are, but I guess it was Tom Curran, Curran or whatever, he was the one that kind of reported that there there's interest from the 49ers. I believe that's what he said. And everything, and people are taking it and running with it because I guess wh- whoever it was that reported it is somebody that's um, close with the the uh, New England Patriots. And But everything that he said was, I think, like, I feel. There was no, like, I'm hearing, like, you know, there wasn't any of that right. as, as far as I'm, like, from what I've seen or heard. Um, it was all mo- more of a speculation, and you know it's like a, like you, you, I don't think you speculate on something like this. And I, I just kind of if if this is if this is true, if 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 Brady's interested or whatever, wouldn't somebody like Ian Rappaport or or um, you know the the main guy from Adam Schefter like? Wouldn't they be reporting something like this? You know, I I think they would hear something like this. Because remember, Adam Schefter was first to say, I don't think that Brady's going to come back. You know, he was out in front of that a long time ago talking about the house being up for sale. And he just, I guess there was just a bunch of signs that he saw that made him feel like, I don't think Brady's coming back to New England. People thought that was crazy. And he was right. So he had a feeling... He put certain things together, probably heard from some people. And I would assume if the 49ers were interested, he would be one to come out and say it. Now, even after this news broke or this article or however it came out, um, I still would expect, if it's true, Adam Scheffner have somebody that would say yes or no. And he hasn't said anything, so... um, I don't know. I'm not putting too much stock into like speculation.
1: Well, and and one of the interesting things that, that I like about your perspective right now is kind of just talking about the credibility of it all. And you're 100% right. Like usually if something's legit, mm-hmm. one of those two guys is going to have it. And, and, you know, I know that, and there's usually there's, there's others, other sources get stuff every now and then. But you're at the very least, you're gonna hear it from one of those two guys. If if anything legitimate were to ever happen, they would at the very least kind of substantiate the claims, add their own two cents. So you know, and it's boring and it's not exciting. But essentially, when it comes to NFL rumors, I usually just wait around until one of those guys says something. You know what I mean? Like right. y- you can listen to the noise and and what people are saying and what they feel and and all this stuff, but it's just a matter of if if those guys aren't really backing up that information then there's a decent chance that it's not worth getting spun up over and like i said i'm not trying to devalue other sports reporters and and the information that they're getting but like at at the very least those guys are going to are going to back up or substantiate or you know reiterate on on anything else that comes out there so are we at a point where we need to get spun up about it i don't think so but for the sake of conversation I think we should talk about the dynamics of that move. Like the the and, and I think a lot of people saw that video recently where um, I think it was on NFLnetwork.com. Let me see. No, it was on ESPN. Excuse me. They talked about kind of like the pros and cons of signing Tom Brady. And he had <laughs> three three pros, them being Tom Brady is in and of himself is a top 3 play caller, play designer in the NFL, which which I think is a solid point. I think I think a lot of Tom Brady's success comes down to his own merits as, you know, a play like you said, a play caller, a play designer. I feel like Tom Brady in and of himself could be a successful offensive coordinator in the NFL. So I think that one has some merit as just being a general pro. Then you have George Kittle Gronk or Gronk 2.0 as far as their connection. And then you have great defense, means you only have to score 20 points per game. Okay, so that's and then for cons, they have none. Okay, and to me that's where it's hilarious. Really?
2: No prawn? No no prawns, No cons to bringing well, in Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, like, just, just off the bat is like, what about like long term? So that would be a con. Right. there's you know, a lot of
1: cons. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, that that would be the main thing where it's like, okay, you know, he, he plays for a year, maybe two. Obviously, you hope you, you know, win a Super Bowl in that time and then maybe it doesn't matter. But then, from that point, you have to find a younger quarterback. Um, also, he wasn't good this year. <laughs> you know, I think that's something that's kind of being overshadowed. You know, they're... they're Kind of pawning him around, like you know, kind of like oh Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and it's like uh this was his worst year of his career. So I mean, you can look at it on two hands or on two hands. You can look at it two ways. One way where well maybe you know his his weapons were inconsistent with who he had to play with, right? Um, he has right. a lot of young you know younger talent like you know talented guys. But, you know, they just weren't – they were in and out of the roster for, you know, various reasons. So, okay, he had to deal with that most of the year. So maybe that's why, you know. But, uh, I mean, he he wasn't good, (laughs) you know. It didn't talk about, oh, you only have to score 20 points a a game. But it's like, well, Jimmy Garoppolo scored well more – well, I don't want to say Jimmy by himself, but the offense. The offense put up a ton of points throughout the year. And – when you talk about putting the, oh, you only have to score this amount of points. I mean, Tom Brady, his defense was he had the best defense in the league. He had like the best scoring defense in the league. <laughs> and and still they weren't what the 49ers are. And and even in the wild card round, the Patriots defense gave up 13 points. How the how did how did Tennessee get to 20? Well, they had a pick six. They picked off Brady. Could you imagine if that was Jimmy Garoppolo and what people would be saying? You know, so I I mean, I don't I don't want to be like, you know, disrespectful uh towards uh Tom Brady. You know, obviously he's had an amazing career. But
1: Arguably I, I, the best quarterback career ever.
2: Ever, right? Um but the Brady, I just saw this past season. I I don't think that's one to just be like, you know what? I I I really, you know, this guy just 100% makes the 49ers better for the short term. I can't say that with, and, you know, just feel like, you know, super confident about that.
1: Right. And I, and I think you made, all of those were like really good points. And to me, there's just so many different things that take me away from like, to me and, and the things that like my first thoughts about a move like that, most of the things that I would write down are cons. Now, and this is not this this doesn't have as much to do with Jimmy about Jimmy Garoppolo as it does about Tom Brady. So, firstly, my my first thought that comes to mind is I think it's a little ridiculous. Just the whole thing is just kind of ridiculous. Like the 49ers just went to the Super Bowl, and we're talking a quarterback change, and and of course Jimmy Garoppolo. Had his took his fair share of lumps in the Super Bowl. And the two games before that, they didn't need him to be great. But anybody who's been paying attention this season has seen the ups and downs of Jimmy Garoppolo. And and in my opinion, there were far more ups than downs. And at times, you know, and you gotta you gotta take into account this is a guy who's it's essentially his first full season in the NFL, and you know, maybe he's maybe he spent like a season and a half. In Kyle Shanahan's system, like, you know, if you add up the time, he he, he kind of just spent waiting in the wings because of the injury. But so my first gripe is when it comes to signing Tom Brady is, I like, don't even believe you get better. Like, I understand that Tom Brady's an incredible quarterback, like we said, one of the best to ever do it. But at this stage in his career, like you said, Crocker, he didn't look great. And sure, Tom Brady can be great. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan says, yeah, I'll take Tom Brady. You know, I'm not saying he wants to make the move, but of course he'd be able to work with a guy like Tom Brady. But I just right now, I'm I'm not even sure you get better. Jimmy Garoppolo might have had a better season than Tom Brady. You know, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo was a bit more turnover prone, but I don't, I don't think you get better. Like, I, you know, you're, and then there's so much more like, you like you mentioned you lose long-term flex- flexibility if you sign a guy like Tom Brady you should expect 1 to 2 years you know and then maybe he's going to he's going to ride off into the sunset maybe he plays for longer cuz he's just a freak but let's just say 1 to 2 years so the 49ers are, are are you know I'm not a huge fan of the the win now short-term window mode I mean I guess that's how it is it's a reality in the NFL but I just I just don't like the fact that you have now signed up for an option that has a very, very quickly approaching expiration date. And those might be two great years. One, two, three great years, you know, three max, I would say. So you lose all long term flexibility. Let's say next year, you know, if the Tom Brady situation doesn't ever arise and Jimmy Garoppolo takes that next step forward, you have the option of extending him again and keeping him around and, you know, making him a truly franchise quarterback that sticks around for five, you know, long, 10 years, maybe whatever we're talking here. And you would lose all of that with Tom Brady. Right. So you'd be basically placing all of your chips into Tom Brady's, you know, corner and just hoping that it worked out. And if it doesn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, definitely not advocating for like a play scared type of approach, but so you're losing all long-term flexibility. And another thing I haven't really, I, I'm, haven't really heard it talked about a lot. Is you might lose the locker room. You're taking a quarterback that, by all accounts, is unanimously respected by his teammates and loved by his teammates and adored by his teammates that just led his team, a very tight knit team, to the Super Bowl. And you're just chipping him out, sending him off. Thanks, man. Good luck. Like, I understand the NFL is a business and you want to win. But when it comes to a locker room like the 49ers, that by all accounts is one of the strongest and closest locker rooms in the NFL, you're playing with fire if you're really looking at moves like that. Because that's not like a, you know, if, if the 49ers, let's say Eric Armstead, if they let him go, that would be understandable to a locker room. The 49ers are kind of backed up against the salary cap. Eric Armstead's contract's expiring. That's just the natural occurrence in the NFL you ship off a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo and it just says a lot about you as an organization and what you are and aren't willing to, you know, invest and back players. It just, to me, that's the most, one of the most dangerous part about a move like that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is like the face of this franchise. And like I said, just loved by his teammates
2: and you're just going to send him packing. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I just, I, I think ultimately what it comes down to me to, to me is Tom Brady wasn't very good this year. Their offense wasn't very good this year. He led the offense. That's an offense he's been in for most of his career with, you know, or at least the the last half with, you know, McDaniels. Um, you know, he went away for a short period of time, but came back. Um, he's been in that offense for a while. So to see it kind of sputter like that and not be what it was, maybe it was the weapons around them, but. I just didn't think that he was that good. So maybe maybe he is. Maybe he he, he comes to the 49ers and lights it up and nobody cares and the 49ers win a super bowl. And that that would be awesome. Um it, it just would be more of a short-term thing. And at the end of the day, I mean, you gotta win. So um it's just a weird situation because the 49ers do have a quarterback that's definitely capable and you know, obviously you would like to see him be a little bit, you know, more crisp and be able to take control a little bit more, If I guess, if he has to, I guess. I don't know um, <laughs> what people, you know, are expecting from him. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm i I'm excited to see Jimmy Garoppolo in, you know, after a full season under his belt. And I the whole time I thought, like, hey, you know, he's probably going to be better the following year. And if he's just a little bit better, the 49ers probably find themselves in the, you know, with another opportunity to make a, you know, a playoff run. So that that's, all. I just think it's kind of, ridiculous. I mean, and then even from a cap standpoint, um, you've paid Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of his money. Uh, the, like you actually get Jimmy G relatively cheap compared to the rest of the quarterback market right now. So you'd be throwing that away to sign an older quarterback for more money and then have to figure out the quarterback situation again. It's just a little weird. Yeah. I, I think it's just weird. You know that that's the part too that, you know, Garoppolo he's what he's making now per year, is is not much compared to what other guys are making and what other guys are gonna get. So, yeah, that's right. that's I, also something I, to kind of take, take I into mean, account.
1: Dak Prescott's what asking for like thirty five million a year right now. Uh, that's like
2: that's probably the that's probably the the floor.
1: <laughs> he probably right. wants and, more than that. And I think Jimmy's making like twenty five, which yeah. is you know these are big numbers obviously, but we're talking about in the grand scheme of quarterbacks and Jimmy Garoppolo's is not making I think he's like, might be like around the, like the 10th, you know, like, like like towards the bottom 10 bottom of the top 10, which is just, there's just, see what's, what's funny is you, you, I looked at that graphic and they're like, bros, all of these cons, none. And I'm like, like how much thought did this person put into this? Not much. Because there's just, there's so many aspects to consider that go beyond what Tom Brady would bring to the table. I just, I just can't see it. I just, with the amount of personalities the 49ers have and and how much, how tight these guys seem. Like, I just, like, you're going to make a move like that? It's just, it's too risky and there's not enough payoff. If, shoot, Mm -hmm. if, if, let's just say in the magical realm of NFL.
2: you know, like right. a Manning-type situation where um, I know Sid Quan Thompson, um, my guy, and, you know, I coached with him. And, you know, he's somebody, he was on the Denver Broncos when Manning showed up. And, he, you know, he told me about how Manning just took control and implicated his offense. And he really was the coach. He was the office coordinator. Like, and everybody, you know, followed suit. And he was the sheriff. And, you know, maybe Tom Brady comes in like that, you know. and But I just can't see Shanahan giving anyone... That much free reign over what he's kind of established just as himself in in the NFL as a play caller and, and what he does, you know, he definitely like that's my offense. <laughs> oh, well, yeah,
1: you, I mean, not, I don't, I don't think necessarily think Shanahan is somebody that won't accept other people's viewpoints, but you, like you said, it's his offense, and he has extreme confidence in it, and you know i don't know how a relationship like that would unfold but it's just weird man it's weird it, and i think it's just pure off season like we have to have something to talk about right now and that's what we're getting tom brady has you know served himself up on a silver platter to the nfl world and any and every storyline relating to where tom brady might go any team that makes sense It wouldn't even surprise me if we saw Tom Brady do the Kansas City Chiefs rumors. Like, it's just that ridiculous. (laughs) Like, it's just they'll find a way to make it make sense.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's just, you know, it's just there's not that many quarterbacks that I would be willing to in the NFL right now that I'd be willing to jump through those kinds of hoops to bring him into the organization in the hopes of, you know, obviously upgrading and, and taking yourself up another notch. There's just not that many, you know, there's a few, but there's not that many. Sure. So, I mean, even if you could have the same conversation about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron for, you know, if, if those rumors were like, we'd be having the same conversation. There's just the landscape is so different right now when it comes to NFL quarterbacks, it's just, it's just not a conversation
2: to be taken seriously. It's know? just so tough to find quarterbacks in general too. So, you know, to have somebody, you know, for, you know, maybe two years when you have someone that could possibly be a guy for the next 10 years, you know, I mean, he's 28 now can play till he's 38. Um, and right. kind of like, just kind of throw that away. Someone that has shown, uh, the ability that's pretty, I don't know. That would be kind of weird, but All
1: right. All right. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we've talked about this enough. Maybe we, uh, We've beaten the dead horse, so to speak. But at least you guys know our thoughts on the uh, on the Tom Brady scene. It's a little silly. But selects, I would say falling closely behind the Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers rumors would be one Eric Armstead, who had himself one hell of a season last year. Might have been, I mean, short of Nick Bosa. Might have been the 49ers best defense, was the 49ers best defensive lineman. You know, I mean, there's a lot to be said about DeForest Buckner and, and the impact he has and the attention he draws. But if you're you know, if you're taking the shallow approach and you're looking at it from a purely statistical standpoint, Eric Armstead was your was your number two impact player on the defensive front behind Nick Bosa. Right. You know, and it's and so the 49ers are in a pretty precarious spot. With Mr. Armstead, because this was his contract or, you know, it's his contract year because uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan decided to pick up Eric Armstead's fifth year option a couple seasons ago, which, by the way, do they not just look like geniuses now? <laughs> right. And there I'm were a lot 40, of people that were
2: mad by that, mad at that. Right, right. They, they were flabbergasted
1: that these new, new guys could possibly want to keep someone like Eric Armstead around who dealt with two season-ending injuries in back-to-back years. You know, his rookie season, he he didn't, but he was kind of, he didn't play, a, you know, a full suite of snaps. So you weren't really looking at that year. But he had two, I think it was a shoulder and a hand, um, two season-ending injuries. And, and kind of that earned him the label of, of injury prone. And then he comes out and he has a decent year in 18. Decent, not nearly as good as this year. And then he lights it up this year.
2: Right, it was all over the place. When you finally, you know, get the sack numbers, and a lot of it was just, you know, other guys as well. I remember uh, the Cardinals game where Nick Bosa just like whooped the right tackle or left tackle, excuse me, whooped the left tackle. It made uh, the little quarterback <laughs> Murray step up in the pocket, and he stepped right into Armstead. You know, so I will say he did a really good job of finishing plays off. And beating his his guys in matchups, you know, not facing a ton of double teams with other guys, you know, with Buckner, Bosa, and even D Ford on the line. So you know you have to win your your matchups, and I thought he did a really good job at that. He, he's been good, you know. I think that's the part that kind of overshadowed because he hasn't had the big sack numbers. He's been, you know, obviously terrific against the run, and. Against the past, he's been he's been solid as well. Maybe not, you know, a pure edge guy, but um, you know, it, I always felt like if you put somebody on the outside of him, he was gonna do a lot of good good things. And that's what it looked like this year. So, you know, it looks like they really wanna keep that those guys together. That the, the issue is what what happens if they do that. And I think Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Ward, they might feel the brunt of that. I, I think they might end up being the odd man out. Now, now Sanders, it sounds like he's willing to take a little bit less money to stay with the 49ers. You know, if he likes the situation, now, now we're talking about a little bit less, right? Not not like he's gonna take a, you know, a five million dollar a year pay cut. I don't think anybody would do that. But I'm pretty sure if you're, you know, relatively in the same near, you know, the same ballpark as another offer, he'll come back and be with this team. And the 49 need that because aside from Debo, and even with Debo, you know, he's going into a second year and you hope he doesn't have a sophomore slump or anything like that, your most stable and consistent player is Emmanuel Sanders. So you're going to need that guy back, that veteran guy, whether it's for him to be a guy or just be a bridge player and make sure that, you know, Debo or, you know, whoever else kind of comes along
1: yeah, and I, I think you made a good point in the fact that at right now in its current state, I do feel like the forty ers have some wiggle room as far as who they can restructure or ship out, trade, cut to make some serious cap room. I think they could probably generate you know with some pretty common sense moves, could probably generate like you know close to ten million in salary cap, which we all know what the stuff Prog Marathe does and, and how good he is with contracts. He can, he can make stuff happen, but I do feel like I agree with you in the fact that at least right now, in its current state, if the 49ers go after Armstead, then I don't think they're going to have the room to keep Jimmy Ward or Emmanuel Sanders. And that's just my uneducated, inexperienced salary cap tape. And the fact that right now the 49ers only have 13 million in, in salary cap room. The franchise tag alone for Eric Armstead is $17 million. And there's a good chance that the 49ers franchise tag Armstead while they work on a deal. And they'll have three options in front of them if they do that. They'll have, he plays one more year for the 49ers under the franchise tag for that amount of money. And Armstead's already said he's not averse to being franchise tag, meaning he would not, or at least currently would not hold out because he's tagged a couple more options if he's tagged and the 49ers can't work out a long-term deal and they don't feel like paying him that money he's going to be a valuable commodity to the rest of the NFL you're talking a 10 sack defensive lineman that's 6'8 300 pounds and a former first round pick that has the ability to fit into multiple systems So let's say that things kind of fall apart when it comes to Armstead and the 49ers deem him, you know, as a, as a trade bait, a trade candidate. So that, you know, those are your three options. He's, they, they, or I guess there's, you know, there's three options pertaining to the tag and then there's the other option that they just work out a a straight up long-term deal. And I think that might be the only way that, the 49ers can keep somebody else because they can they can move money around and, and make things, you know, in a way where his impact, his salary cap impact is, is pushed away from this year. And maybe that leaves them enough room with some moves elsewhere to sign like Emmanuel Sanders, which I'm right there with you, should be a, a priority in what he brings. And I just feel like it justifies the, the draft capital you gave up to get him in the first place.
2: Right. If they had to choose between Sanders and
1: Ward, who would you pick? I'd take Sanders. Yeah, i take Sanders. I, I think that they're the 49ers are in a good position to – and I think probably it, – it depends. Um, They're in a good position to draft a safety if if they really felt they needed to. I don't know if that's the direction they go. But I don't I, – I feel like the 49ers would be confident with, one, Tavarius Moore, who's already on the roster – I feel, I feel like they'd be willing to give him a you know a go at legitimately earning that job. I feel like they'd be comfortable drafting a safety. Um, I feel like they're in a good spot to do it. And I just feel like Ward's impact, and this is no slight on him because I was super impressed with how he played this season, It's just a little bit more absorbable than what Sanders brought. because I, and, I, and I think the 49ers are going to see this. Debo Samuel looked good throughout the season, but he didn't go off and he didn't take flight until Emmanuel Sanders got in the building. He really like some of his best games came once Emmanuel Sanders showed up, which was interesting because you kind of assumed like, well, geez, they brought in Sanders. They must not think much of Debo Samuel or maybe he's struggling, but it was the exact opposite. You know, you get a veteran guy in there that one can impact the way you play, two, pull a little of attention away from you, and things start happening. And so I feel like Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel are a good one, two to go into next season. And then I don't think the 49ers are going to have any problem keeping Bourne around, you know, or, you know, residing him or just placing a tender on him. So
2: he's a solid. uh, He's a solid. 3.5. Yeah. You know, and, and. and he's really good in that role, and he, you know, as a restricted free agent, you know, whatever he'll he'll get paid as such. But he's not someone that makes it to where oh, we don't have to go get someone. No, Ideally, you no, no, would like you would like Dante Pettis to be really good, but you just don't know. And that's my thing, especially you know I, I know we we'll talk a little bit about the draft, but um, you know with the combine, but uh, there's just so many question marks surrounding this receiver group and you know you you have one guy under contract right now not not counting born but you know just one guy where it's like you know what we we know what we have in this guy and we really like him outside of that you you, you know obviously you want to keep born and they'll probably do that and even if you do that but then you don't keep Sanders then what you know and just question marks all over the place is Jalen Hurd even going to play anymore you know Dante Pettis What's going on with him, uh, Trent Taylor? He just had like six foot surgeries. Uh, you know, Richie James. He's been kind of just really just a return guy. So there's just so many question marks, and it's like, you know, how it's how are you going to address it? And and the tough thing is that they've they've used so much draft capital to uh, kind of fix the position, and they just they just haven't.
1: Right. Yeah. No. It's 100%. Like, like we talked about this on the last pod, there's like 18 different ways that position can go and where things can unfold. They can go into next season like perfectly great. All right, we are, you know, we're set for next season because we kept Emmanuel Sanders, Kendrick Bourne stuck around. We got Debo Samuel. Those are at least your, your top three that they rolled into the Super Bowl with. And then, you know, they have Dante Pettis who has a chance to come up. Trent Taylor was amazing before he got hurt in training camp. They have a lot of options there, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurd, but there's still room for growth, still room to add talent there. And then, you know, going back to to Eric Armstead, one thing to kind of – roll one kind of some things you need to preface that with is it seems like everything that's coming out right now is both the two sides want to remain together. Uh, Armstead's from Sacramento, I believe. He – his his is one of his best friends and his college teammate is on the team in DeForest Buckner there's there's plenty of reasons that the, the two sides want to remain together i don't think i don't think the 49ers want to let armstead go i don't think armstead wants to go anywhere and i think the two are going to be probably have some pretty positive conversations about what they're willing to do to stay together and i think that armstead you know, I don't want to presume, obviously, a player should never turn down money, but I feel like Armstead's going to be willing to, to work pretty well with the 49ers just to get this done and stick around. And another thing that's actually probably working in his favor right now is there was that rumor in regards to the the, the new contract negotiation with the, between the players and the owners is oh. the salary cap is, is rumored to be expanding over up and over 200 million next year i believe if i'm i you know i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but and the reason i say that might work in armstead's favor is maybe you know i think a lot of people presume that buckner and kittle had to get done this offseason right you know and and they don't necessarily have to anymore if if those contract negotiations go through and then and that salary cap bumps up then the 49ers and Armstead is like, okay, Armstead, we can do Armstead this year and we can take care of Buckner and Kittle next year. And then everybody's happy. So, you know, there's just an interesting dynamic there when it comes to the rest of the roster and what, you know, and what kind of that means for, for everybody else. Now there's also, like we said, there's some pushback, you know, can they fit uh, Emmanuel Sanders in there? Can they, if they want to keep Jimmy Ward, can they get him in there? What does that mean for D Ford? You know, they're giving him a lot of money and obviously he was a, he was an impact player for the 49ers last year. He had some good games. Was he worth the money they're giving him? I don't know. Would the 49ers consider him expendable when it came to keeping Armstead and some other players? I don't know. That's, that's tough, you know, and D and Ford, he's just another one of the pieces and it's so hard to speculate on which of those defensive line, you know, of of the main four—Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, and D. Ford—can you afford to lose any one of them? Because the the four of them combined created a beast. You know, so what happens to that beast if one of them kind of falls off? You know, well,
2: I, I think the the one piece that was kind of missing, and I think that kind of really hurt the team, especially when Ford went down, was losing Blair. Right, and I think Blair, if you kind of look at it with how it's constructed, especially with uh, Armstead being able to be a 4-3 defensive end and kind of slide down to that three take, slide down inside in passing situations, well, that's a prime position for Blair to come in off of the edge. And and Blair, you know, he's he's good off of the edge.
1: Right. No, he was great. And, and that was such a huge deal because he was their primary like, OK, let's give D4 the rest guy. You know, and and he was good against the run, and he, he made plays. So losing him, you know, one made them more reliant on D Ford than I felt like they were. They wanted to be, even for a guy making as much money as he is, they never wanted him to be out there full time. They wanted him to be their Ferrari in the garage that they can drive around fifty percent of the time, something like that. So, you know, and this the Armstead signing uh, it can make some serious waves throughout the roster and you know, the best they can get if they just let him go is a third or fourth round compensatory pick, which I feel like they would find unacceptable. They would rather tag him and then start making calls than just let him walk out. So, you know, that's, that's just one thing to keep an eye on. And I think that's a huge domino for the rest of the 49ers free agents. Obviously the priority, obviously the most important player. And I feel like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who play so much emphasis on that defensive front, are going to put the majority of their efforts into keeping Armstead because they feel like those four that I just talked about are, you know, kind of like your cornerstone, new, new cornerstone of the 49ers defense. Your most important pieces are those guys. And then I feel like everybody else, you know, some players are going to take a close second, but I feel like those are your four right there. You know, that's, that's what they wanted to build from the start was a dominant defensive line. So, you know, it's, it's just interesting. That'll be, that's where my eyes are. You know, I don't, I don't know right now the franchise tag window is open. So maybe we'll hear that pretty soon. Um, But I also wouldn't be surprised if they, if they just lock in a deal or if they, they, you know, they tag him and you immediately hear right, right when they tag him that they're, they're working on a deal. So it's interesting. What would, if, if, If all options were available to you, Croc, what would would you just be all about that long-term deal?
2: Yeah, only if I could move forward. If I talk to people and I felt like there was a market for me to be able to move forward and kind of get some of that money off of the books, then that's what I would do. I would move forward. I would try, and then I would use some of that money to make sure I keep uh, Blair, who obviously, you know, he's coming off of an injury. Um, I also would like to keep, um I think that would kind of really help be able to keep Sanders and Ward. And obviously like Ward, I don't I'm I'm fine with going with Tarverius more. I know a lot of people like they want to get on him about a couple bad angles early on, but it's like man you have a dude that played cornerback the entire season before. Um he started like even this off-season program playing cornerback and he didn't even play any safety until some guys went down late in the OTAs, like at the very end of minicamps, and guys kind of you know got banged up, and then he was just rotating, and even into training camp, he still was kind of just rotating with Colbert. And then it wasn't until like, you know, the start of preseason games where he finally got his opportunity, and then from there he he continued to make plays in practice, you know, in the games, you know, he was, you know, missed you know missed up here and there. But it's like, what do you expect for somebody from somebody playing a position that they haven't played since college? And even a different position, because in college, he was primarily a cover-four safety. And now it's like, well, I'm single high. And I'm pretty sure the game is moving a little fast for him, especially when, you know, you started playing the, you know, Tampa Bay, you started playing uh, the Bengals, started playing, you know, the, the Steelers. And, you know, I... I, I would assume that with more reps, he'd be better. He has all the ability in the world, right? There's no there's no issues athletically with him. It's just probably just seeing things a little quicker and being able to take the right angles. And I, I, I'd assume that's something that he'd get better at if, you know, really given an opportunity. And But if you don't think that he's that guy at all, then yeah. You know, I'd probably even push harder to get a word. But where then do you need takeaways? I mean, think about it like this, man. As much as Ward played, Tavares Moore in one Super Bowl made forced – you know, he had the interception. That was more than <laughs> Ward had all year. I think Ward played tremendous. He is extremely sound, extremely versatile, uh, did a really good job of coming in and guarding slots when he had to and shutting down Cooper Cup and those guys. But you still got to force some turnovers, and he didn't do that. So – um as as well as he played, and as much as I feel like he didn't mean to the team, I do think out of everybody that we've talked about, he's the most replaceable. I
1: will, I'm with you,
2: and there I'm might be you. other people that are like, no, he's the most irreplaceable. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure it probably goes both ways, but I just, you know, I, I think there's something there with Tavares Moore, more, and I'd be willing to kind of see, uh, you know, what he can do, in, you know, with his second year and full off a full offseason at the safety position.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's an argument to be made that Ward and maintaining the continuity of that defense is, like, priority number one, just given how good it was. You know, I it's hard to say exactly how crucial of a piece Ward was to that defense. You would know, obviously, much, much better than I. But maybe there's an argument to be made that, that Kyle Shanahan will be able to create a respectable amount of success with the offense without Emmanuel Sanders, whereas the defense may not be able to maintain that standard that they set last season, you know, without kind of keeping all those pieces together. Now, do I believe that? I don't think so. I think that, you know, there's some very obvious crucial role players that the 49ers are going to be unwilling to move on from. And, you know, and Eric Armstead, I believe it should be considered one of them, but you know, is Ward one of those? I don't know. I mean, obviously he stepped up and had a great season uh, when they needed him, but I don't know. I don't feel like he's all that tier of can't let this guy leave, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So obviously there's, there's just some, a few things. And like I said, I think it's the Eric Armstead signing tagging enough, doing nothing, which I don't see very likely, you know, trading wherever they're going to go with him. He's the, uh, he's, the, he's the first domino. And that'll kind of determine a lot of what the 49ers do in free agency. And I want to know for sure, so you're going to hear me typing right now, but when does NFL free agency start? I think in two weeks. Right. So we're like right there. So whatever move the 49ers are going to make, if they're going to make a move with Armstead, It's going to be quick. It's going to be soon. You know, so here, I've got that whole important calendar thing. March 10th. Okay, we are, okay. Deadline, March 10th is a deadline for clubs to designate franchise or transition tag players. Uh, The 16th is when clubs are permitted to contact and enter into negotiations with uh, players that are about to become unrestricted free agents. Um. No annual league meeting Is it March 18th? Um uh, just reading through all the things that happened on March 18th Trading period begins All 2019 player contract. I think that's them saying That's when free agency starts Because then the next date isn't until March 29th So yeah, I think it's you know, March 16th through the 18th is when the real meat's going to happen. So there's, I mean, whatever domino needs to fall, you're not going to have to wait long to, to know what wh- which way it's going to fall. So, you know, interesting time. I know. I mean, that's that's a lot of talking on Tom Brady and Eric Armstead, but I feel like they deserve it. They're you know, they're the main two things we're getting we're getting right now. I know that's not the most entertaining thing, but those are the two guys we're getting right now to talk about. Tom Brady and Eric Armstead, folks. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's and all we they got right for, now. They, yeah, they made for a good show today. <laughs>
1: right. And, I, you know, it's it's always just good to hop in here and talk 49ers. Yeah. But, again, it's the offseason. We're rolling. We're going to keep, we'll keep moving. Um, I don't think Crocker and I have necessarily decided what we're going to do next weekend. But given the fact that, you know, free agencies approaching – we're going to talk we'll talk roster needs we'll probably hit you know possible free agents guys we like guys we'd like to take a look at not that the 49ers is going to have a lot of money to do
2: anything right but
1: you know we'll look <laughs> at them like oh, there's yeah, a I chance i hope they
2: get this guy i hope they get that guy and right now it's just like uh, uh, yeah, hopefully the 49ers he, he, have some crazy ass yard sale of of talented players yeah.
1: just temper your expectations for free agency yeah. You know, the, the the more interesting thing to take a look at is possible trade candidates. You know, guys the 49ers could send off, maybe pick up, you know, stuff like that might be a bit more believable. But even then, it's it's you, you even got to look at departures more than acquisitions. The 49ers don't have shit for draft picks. Right. So they don't have a lot of pieces to throw around. But anyways, I think, that, I think that's all right for today. Don't you think so, Croc? Yeah, so yeah, I think I think we're, that's right. good. we're already cruising up on an hour. <laughs> right. that quick. So
2: we didn't hit an right. hour though, so that's good.
1: Right, right. I know, and It's like a a rare thing. Right. Everybody like who's listening right now is like looking around, like they're not about to stop, are they? Because yeah. they usually go for an hour and a half. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, but always, uh, like I always say, appreciate you guys for for hanging out with us, checking in with us. Um, hit me up on Twitter, say what's up, let you know, you know, they let us know that you listened to the pod. You can find me at Rob underscore louder L O W D E R. And you can find Eric underscore Crocker. He's on Twitter too. And he tweets a lot more than me right now. I've been like taking a Twitter break because one, there's nothing going on. And two, I've been trying to do the streaming stuff, which is just ridiculous. So
2: yeah, and, and real quick, I I haven't plugged this yet, but make sure you guys pick up the book Legendary, The Story of the 2019 49ers. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's on Amazon. So, um just yeah, Legendary, The Story of the 2019 49ers. Um I made a cameo in there. So, I think I can add Arthur Crocky to my to my uh bio. I'm going so, yeah, to I'm going to add that to the out. intro, bro. Yeah, Arthur Crocky, acclaimed author and co-host. <laughs> eric crocker (laughs) folks give him a round of applause yes 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 yeah legendary the story of the 2019 49ers would have been better if uh, they won the super bowl but they didn't but there's a lot of work a lot of good guys um that wrote with me in in that book so make sure you guys pick it up it's on amazon
1: okay all the good stuff's on amazon and it'll be here tomorrow afternoon (laughs) everything (laughs) will be here tomorrow afternoon on amazon you don't have Amazon Prime? You got? You gotta get. You gotta get on it. Amazon Prime is just amazing. But anyways, done talking about other stuff. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you for being here. Uh, that's it for us for another episode of Striking Gold on the Blue Wire Network. Thanks guys for always being here. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to do this. Um, but for another week, this is Rob and Eric Striking Gold. Signing out.